If you're seeing this video, it means one or two things. You're looking for the secret formula to transform any group or individual into a high functioning and unstoppable team. Well, that secret lies within the five stages of team development. But wait, this is definitely a process. This is not a quick fix. So be prepared to do the work. If you're new to the channel, I go by the name of ED. For you smart and intelligent folks out there, listen, I'm gonna make it simple and plain for you. It just simply means, and today's episode is entitled, Seize Team Potential, The Power of Tuckerman's Stages. Again, Seize Team's Potential, The Power of Tuckerman's Stages. As you know, I have an eight point framework, but here is special because we're gonna talk about the five stages of the Tuckerman uh, model. Do you mind if I share a story? It's funny, you know, when I, I did a video and part two is coming real soon, ladies and gentlemen, and if the video that I did was it talked about how um, you getting your PMP or your, your CAPM, but mostly it was around PMP and how we uh, sometimes can fall in the, our own success trap. What do you mean, ED? I'm so glad that you asked me. What I mean by that is, is that we could go after and, and study for the PMP, pass the PMP, but forget about the reason, or I shouldn't even say the reason, but going back to revisit the information and studying the information effectively. And it so happened, one of my favorite models while I was studying the PMP was the Tuckerman model. And the reason why this was one of my favorite models is because I seen this actually happening in real time. What would happen is, is that there would be a team, it would be functioning really well, and then they'll bring in a new resource. And when that new resource came in, you had to restart everything again because of the fact that now this resource brings in new, you know, new ideals or has a new approach. And, and now the team has to adjust or that person has to adjust around the team. I've seen it both ways. And what I've learned along the way is when new team members come in, you have to find ways in order to get the team collectively to stay on the same track. Uh, you don't want them on table of contents when you're on the first page. Uh, okay, you don't like that. Well, what you don't want them to do is you don't want them sitting in first class when all the team is in coach. Okay, I'm trying, family. Here's one more. What I'm saying, family, is, is that a lot of times is that we, uh, especially as leaders, we can just you know put people on teams and then they may not be a good fit for the direction that we're going or the environment that is being created for that team and the team can be disrupted. Now this environment be become toxic. I love what my grandma would say. You know, I was talking about my grandma and my mom and my dad. I'm just, I don't know, I just love them. But my grandma would always say, you know, one apple can spoil a whole bunch. Mm. And what she was saying was, is that it doesn't matter how good, it doesn't matter how exceptional the rest of the apples may be, the one bad apple could come in and make the whole environment toxic and not a healthy place to work in. And this is when you start losing resources. All oh, I'm going on a rant again. I apologize, but I don't apologize because I want to help somebody out there today that sometimes is getting gets confused and try to understand this, to ask that question. Well, 
why is this, you know, why did this happen to my team? My team was functioning extremely well. And then all of a sudden we got a couple new resources or one new resource. And then all of a sudden the team, it, it we didn't have that connection, that, that, that personal relationship that we once had. It turned into more of a, a task driven than a relation driven, which uh, be, uh, which eventually drives towards the task. So let's unpack these five, um, I call them elements of success in a sense of the, on the Bruce Tuckerman model. The first uh, point, though, or I should say the first stage really in the Tuckerman's model is forming. See, this is when the team all comes together. They're getting to know each other. There's that politeness, you know, excuse me, I didn't mean to bother you. And there, everyone is eager and everyone kind of has an initial role and responsibility. They're already established, so everyone's feeling com comfortable. And then for the leader, it's crucial because they have to set the goals and set clear expectation during this stage. See, family, let me park here parenthetically. What I mean by that is, family, if we don't set clear expectations, then frustration comes from the expectation that was assumed that they should have been doing, the position that they assumed they should have been in, and then it's all of the confusion. So we have to set clear expectations. Let's move on to stage number two. Stage number two is stormy. This is where you start seeing this bickering. Okay, you don't like the word bickering. This is where the conflict takes place. This is where things really go down. And I mean, they go down, meaning you start getting pushback where before the politeness in stage one was very transparent, very evident. But now it's it's everyone is testing each other, seeing how far they can push each push each other. And now you start seeing colliding of work styles and ideals. But the leader must be able to address this quickly and let me let me let me unpack what what I mean by the leader must address this quickly we can't go in and address the surface layer what is the surface layer meaning that oh maybe it'll die down or maybe we don't need to worry about it no we need to get to the root of what the actual cause is so we can make sure we're fostering a culture where uh, the team can still be be challenged and they can challenge each other but more in a more in a professional more in a in an environment in which it helps uh, lift you up instead of lifting you down because mm. I've seen environments where it's not about lifting you up it's about about lifting you down in certain in certain leadership positions and unfortunately when this happens it, it, it messes up the team morale on a level that you can't even imagine and so for stage two in this stormy you're gonna see these conflicts but if you get in front of it quickly if you address the root and not the surface layer you have a better chance in saving this team because you may have some really exceptional people on this team and they haven't had a chance to exhibit this because of the conflicts that are that's happening if you've been watching my videos for a while you know I believe all con I mean conflict is good on a project but healthy conflict. There's a way to have healthy debate without it coming across being toxic. Let's move on to point number three or our stage number three. This is nor normie. This is when the team gets their groove back, baby. Okay, you don't like my dancing. You know, I, I like to, you know, I love doing the cha-cha-cha and all this, but seriously though, family, this is where the team gets their groove back and they start resolving differences and then one of my favorite words is this is where truly collaboration 
increases as members start to understand each other's strengths. You see, I didn't say weaknesses. See, sometimes we can get so caught up in people's weaknesses that we forgot what they do bring to the table. Mm, some people ain't going to like that. But it's the truth, though, family. You can start looking at people's weaknesses, and then when you start looking at their weaknesses, you forgot why they what, what they were even there for anyway. They must be on this project for a reason. They must be on this project for a purpose. So we need to look at some of the strengths they build, and we build off of that. And hopefully we have someone to be in place to cover their weaknesses, or what I like to call their blind spots. So we start establishing best practices and working standards for a key, and I do mean key, team cohesiveness. My favorite stage right here. He calls it performing. I'm going to remix this, so excuse me, uh, Bruce Tuckerman, but I want to remix stage number four. I'm going to call it executing. reason why I'm saying it's executing is, is because this is when the team starts functioning at a high level with strong structure and really supporting each individual as, as far as from an autonomy standpoint and a risk-taking aspect. And the focus shifts more to the individual, you know, the I, and now it's more about the team or the collective success of the whole project. I love that because when, when a team is moving more collective, when they are moving as a unit and not as an individual, they are, they are much stronger. And this way, uh, it eliminates the isolation aspect because when you are on a project and you start seeing that isolation aspect of things, it's very dangerous for your project. You need to get a meeting. You need to bring the team together fast because eventually if you don't address it, again, like I said earlier, if you only do the surface level and not the root, this team is going to go out, out of order. Also, uh, leaders should maintain a, a, a team morale and motivation. I want to say that again. Leaders must. <laughs> I can't emphasize the point, and I know I'm being facetious here, but I truly do mean this, family, is that we have to maintain a team morale and, and create a sense of motivation and inspiring team uh, member as they're performing because you got to keep in mind sometimes you can get exhausted you can get tired and how do you keep the team going how do you keep pushing the team forward when sometimes they're like oh man if I have to do one more report if I have to write one more email if I have to attend one more meeting how can you make it exciting how can you make it more, more motivating how, how can you make it when your your name shows up on the project as the program or project manager you have people wanting to work with you and not just saying, can I go to another project, please? Okay, let's move on to the last and final point, family, a journey. This is where it all comes to an end. Okay, you don't like my singing. No, but seriously, family, this is when the team disbands and it, the, the project definitely comes to an end because all of the goals are met, are met. And at this point, this is when it's time for us to do some reflection and also doing some recognition. Now, I will say it's important as well to also, to also be identifying people you can recognize throughout the, throughout the project, but in this format here, you definitely wanna make sure that you uh, also recognize at the end as well, because sometimes you can start recognizing throughout and forget about recognizing at the end. And then we throw a, a, a great celebration. You, you heard me not say party, I mean celebration, because we're celebrating that number one, we were collectively able to come together and accomplish something as a team and not as individuals. And then the, for the leader aspect of things, the leader, 
they they facilitate the close and help uh, team members transition into their next opportunity or challenge. Listen, family, the Tuckerman model is not is not easy, but it's not hard. If we can master these five stages effectively when we're leading teams during the uncertain beginnings and forming a successful, healthy environment during the process, when especially when, when we come to the end, like I stated earlier, family, when your name comes up on a project you have to lead, you're going to have people wanting to work with you because they understand what you bring to the table as, as far as you're putting them first. I don't know anybody, and maybe I may be wrong. Leave a comment in below. I'll be interested to find out. But I don't know anyone that if I'm putting you first, if I'm making sure you're good, and if, if I'm blocking impediments and things out your way so you can do what your strengths are and what you were brought here for the project to do. And you don't have to deal with the political aspect. You don't have to deal with people trying to get you off course and you can just lock in and focus. You're going to want to work with that person every time because you know they're, co they're coming to execute and watch this family, especially if you can have a good time and do it because the leader is being, the leader is inspiring you. They're motivating you. They're taking the time and having one-on-ones. How are you doing? How's the family? What, what can, what can I do for you? These type of things go far in between family. So I hope family that you look at this Tuckerman model is a powerful model to empower your team. If you don't know by now, I go by the name of ED and you know my slogan. I'm out.